warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and today we're going to be talking about some of the deadliest serial killer couples in history. But before we get into that, I just want to say if you are checking the show out for the very first time, hello and thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. My counterpart is currently on hiatus, but we'll be back soon. She will be back this month. Super exciting. And returning spooksters, welcome back. And if you are new and you would like to hang out with us on social media, you can find us on all the places Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Three Spooked Girls. We also have an amazing Facebook group called Three Spooked Girls Official. We do book club, we do gift swaps, all kinds of cool things over there. A lot of times Justin and I put our announcements we have in there. It's just our favorite little corner of the internet. So definitely hang out with us over there. And if you are on TikTok, come hang out with me with the handle spooky underscore sleuth. I do true crime, TV, movies, books, paranormal, all of the above. And if you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com backslash three spooked girls. For as little as a dollar, you get one bonus episode a month. Five and up, you get not only ad-free episodes that are released to you guys over there the day before, you also get video content, which includes Haunted Grounds, which is my series on haunted, cursed type of objects. And then Jessica has Slaughters, which is a movie recap segment. So we do both of those on video every month. So absolutely check that out if you would like. But that's really all the housekeeping that I have. So I'm going to go ahead and dive on in. So because we're in February, you know, Justin and I like a good theme when that option presents itself. And since February is, you know, about Valentine's Day and love and all of that, I went searching for serial killer couples and I found some articles. So I'm very excited to go ahead and get into these with you here. So also, if any of these intrigue y'all, please let us know. And we are happy to do a deep dive and do a full episode on any of these cases. So number one is going to be Ian Brady and Myra Hensley, the Moore's murders. So the duo of Ian Brady and Myra Hensley first met at the chemical plant where they both worked. The two bonded over their love of Nazi atrocities, often staying up late reading about these disgusting crimes. As they got to know each other better, Brady soon divulged his obsession with crafting the perfect murder something that resonated with Hindley. The first murder was 16-year-old Pauline Reed in July of 1963. She was a friend of Hindley, and they beat her, raped her, and left her body in a shallow grave in the moors outside of Manchester. 
The two would repeat their crimes four more times before things unraveled when Brady brought home 17-year-old Edward Evans and killed him with a shovel in front of his 17-year-old brother-in-law, David Smith. Smith helped dispose of the body before going home and telling his wife everything. The police were soon called and Brady and Hindley were arrested. Along with admitting their crimes, the police found an audio recording of one of the victims that was said to be horrific. Confessing their crimes, both Hindley and Brady were found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Myra died in 2002 and Ian died in 2017. All right, so number two is going to be Fred and Rosemary West. Now, if you haven't seen anything on these people, I think, oh man, I'm trying to think. I've definitely watched a YouTube video on it. It might have been Stephanie Harlow, but it could also have been Kendall Ray. I can't remember which, but it was one of those two. I definitely have watched something on these people. So this English couple committed 12 murders over a two-decade period from 1967 to 1987. They met when Rose was just 15 years old and Fred was in his mid-20s. Fred had suffered physical, sexual, and mental abuse as a child and began committing crimes at a very young age. His first murder was that of his pregnant mistress before he met 15-year-old Rosemary, who's working as a sex worker. West encouraged her to keep working as a sex worker, with Rose giving birth to eight children, many of the children's fathers suspected to be her clients. After abducting and assaulting beauty queen Caroline Roberts, who managed to flee their home, the West realized that they needed to keep their victims silent. That's when they began to lure women to their home, which became known as the House of Horrors, where they would torture and sexually abuse them before killing them. After one of Fred's daughters admitted her father raped her, police finally got involved and discovered 12 bodies buried under the couple's property. Knowing he would never see freedom again, Fred hung himself while awaiting trial. Rose was found guilty of 10 murders and sentenced to 10 life sentences, which she is currently serving. It's always so scary with these when it's like, oh my gosh, you think these cases happened so long ago and these people are still freaking alive? Scary. All right, number three, I know Jess is planning on covering in the future. And this is the Barbie and Ken killers. Sometimes they're known as the schoolgirl killers. This is Paul Bernardo and Carla Homoka. I think that's probably wrong, but we'll just pretend. They're bad people, so it's fine. So before meeting Carla, Paul was already known as a villain. Dubbed the Scarborough Rapist, he had raped several young girls but was never convicted. It was said that he took things to a new level with Carla. Incredibly, the duo's first victim was her own sister. Not only did they drug her and then rape her, but they also videotaped the entire episode. Despite dying after the attack, they were both cleared of wrongdoing, allowing them to continue their rape and murder spree. Two more young girls were raped and killed by the couple, while Bernardo would often commit crimes solo. The horrible crimes would have continued if Paul didn't let his temper get the better of him. One night, he and Carla got into an argument and he ended up beating her so badly that she ended up in the hospital. After pressure from the police, who now suspected Paul of committing several more severe crimes, Carla revealed all in exchange for a lenient sentence. Paul got life imprisonment, which he is still serving, while Carla only served 12 years for her part in the crimes and is now said to be married with three kids and live in Quebec. Always interesting to me when people get out of these horrific crimes like that and then they just they just move on like nothing happened it's insane to me all right so number four is ray and faye copeland it's already a red flag that they have rhyming fucking names so elderly couple ray and faye began killing drifters in the 1980s they were convicted of killing five people although many believe that they murdered several more unlike some on this list their murders were out of greed 
Ray, a known felon, who had been to jail several times throughout his life, concocted a scheme where he would employ drifters to buy cattle using fake checks in their names. Then Ray would sell the cattle for profit and kill the drifters so that nobody would reveal his con. Things were going well until an anonymous tip informed the police of what the Copelands were up to. Initially skeptical due to the ages of the two, the police decided to raid the property after discovering Ray's long criminal record. They had turned up five bodies on the property, all shot with a 22 caliber Marlin rifle they discovered on the farm. In March of 1991, both Ray, 76, and Faye, 69, were sentenced to death, making them the oldest people ever sentenced to death in America. Ray passed away of natural causes in 1993, while Faye's sentence was changed to life in prison, and she eventually passed away in 2002. See, it's that age thing. People are like, oh my god, they're old, they're harmless. Bitch, no. That's not a thing. Old people can be evil too. Come on now. All right, so number five is Gerald and Charlene Gallego. As is often the case when it comes to these type of criminals, serial killers Gerald and Charlene Gallego both had troubled childhoods. Gerald's mother was a sex worker and his father was the first man executed in Mississippi. Holy shit. He got involved with criminal activities at a young age and was arrested 23 times before he met Charlene. Holy crap, that's a lot. I wish I knew what age it was. Might have to look into that one. She, on the other hand, had a very stable childhood until she began experimenting with drugs in her teens. Not long after the couple met and got married, they found themselves bored with their love life and decided to take matters into their own hands. Charlene would lure young girls into their van, where Gerald would hold them at gunpoint before tying them up. They would then spend hours torturing and raping their victims before killing them and dumping their bodies. The two were caught when somebody witnessed the Gallegos abducting their final victims, 22-year-old Craig Miller and his fiancée, 21-year-old Mary Elizabeth Sowers, and reported it to the police. Good on them. Good on that person that saw that and fucking said something. Charlene quickly turned on Gerald and copped a plea deal, blaming everything on her husband. Gerald died in 2002 while on death row. Charlene, on the other hand, served 16 years for her part in the crimes and is now involved in charities for veterans, according to CBS Sacramento. She still asserts that she did not kill any of the victims and was forced by Gerald to take part in the grisly crimes. If you're familiar with those, I would love to, that case, I would love to know what you think. All right, so number six is Henry, Lucas, and Otis Tool, confession killers. Couple both suffered abuse as children and bonded after meeting at a Jacksonville soup kitchen. The two struck up a sexual relationship and went on a killing spree over three decades. Both men admitted to killing as teenagers, Lucas strangling to death 17-year-old Laura Burnsley, who had refused his sexual advances, and Tool knocking off a traveling salesman who made sexual advances towards him. The two were said to have raped, tortured, and killed dozens of people before going off on their own. Both were arrested for different crimes but confessed to murdering as a pair. Tool confessed to killing 108 people with Lucas, while Lucas said he killed over 360. Unfortunately, the real number will never be known as both men were reported liars who would often retract confessions. In the end, Lucas was convicted for three murders and Tool for six, with both men dying in prison in 2001 and 1996, respectively. Jeez. Even with those numbers, the ones they confirmed, that's still a lot. Oof. All right, so our next one, number seven, is Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck also known as the Lonely Hearts Killers. 
Although only convicted of one murder, Raymond and Martha were suspected of killing up to 20 people. The two would meet their victims through Lonely Hearts ads in the newspaper, with the press dubbing them the Lonely Hearts killers. Makes sense. This is also the way the couple met, with Beck soon becoming infatuated with Fernandez. Understanding the control he had over Beck, Fernandez told her how he swindled money from young women and persuaded her to join him. The duo would pose as brother and sister with Beck luring women into their home. Then Fernandez would rob them, kill them, and bury the bodies in the basement. Why people think burying bodies in their basement is a good idea is fucking beyond me. So although only convicted for one murder, the two confessed to multiple killings but quickly recanted their statements. Police believed they killed between 3 and 17 people, but could only get them convicted for one, 66-year-old Janet Fay, who was beaten and strangled to death. Both were found guilty and sentenced to death and executed at the notorious Sing Sing Prison on March 8, 1951. 3 to 17 people? That's such a wide range. Holy fucking crap. Crazy. All right, number eight, Doug Clark and Carol M. Bundy, the Sunset Strip Killers. This serial killer couple was downright sick and twisted. The Sunset Strip Killers discovered a shared love of dark and twisted sexual fantasies that led them to kill multiple people around the Los Angeles area in the 1980s. The two would murder drifters and sex workers, believing nobody would try that hard to find them. Doug was the one doing all the killing, often on his own. He would come home and tell Carol about his crimes before eventually getting her to help out. One time, he brought home the decapitated head of one of the women he had killed. Oh my god, it gets worse. Carol put makeup on the head and they kept it in the freezer. What the fuck? Why? Why? Ugh. Soon, she became infatuated with local country singer Jack Murray and eventually told him about the killings. Shocked, Murray threatened to inform the police, so Carol lured him to her van with a promise of sex. There she shot him and decapitated him, but the weight of what she had done was too heavy for her to deal with. Oh, boo fucking who. She confessed to the crimes to her co-workers and was arrested by police. During the trial, she laid all the blame on Clark. While he said it was Bundy and Murray behind the killings and that she had murdered the singer to stop him from talking. The evidence was said to be overwhelming in Bundy's favor, and she was sentenced to life in prison, passing at the age of 61 in 2003. Clark is still on death row in California, awaiting his execution. Number nine, Alton Coleman and Deborah Brown. Alton Coleman and his accomplice Deborah Brown committed a host of crimes across six American states in the Midwest during the 1980s. Coleman had previously been jailed for rape before meeting Brown. On the eve of another trial in 1984, the two split and went on the run, robbing and killing as they traveled across the country. The natural-born killers weren't prejudiced when it came to their killings, with their first three victims being children ages 7 to 9. They also killed an elderly couple with a lead pipe. Along with viciously murdering their victims, they raped and robbed them. Oh my god. Over the course of 58 days, they murdered eight people, committed seven rapes, kidnapped three people, and carried out a massive 14 armed robberies. Holy shit, that's a lot in a short amount of time. The two were captured, with Coleman executed in 2002, and Brown still serving time in prison with no chance of parole. Good. All right, so this last one, please excuse me for buttering these names. So number 10 is Inisa Traverdiva and Roman Podkopiv. 
Podkopiv, I think. So it is said it's not just America where serial killings happen. No shit, we know this. So the Russian couple, uh, I slaughtered their names, sorry, committed a series of murders and robberies over a six-year period in the early 2000s. Even more shocking is the fact that the married couple also got their two daughters involved. So the group of four was known as the Gang of Amazon, and it was said that they killed close to 30 people, including the head of the Information Security Department of the State Drug Control Service and his wife, who they shot and then stabbed to death. They also slaughtered a lieutenant colonel and his family and two teenage daughters, who apparently one of them was Inessa's goddaughter? What the fuck? And they had gouged their eyes out before shooting them. They were eventually caught after robbing a police officer's home, and Inessa was killed during a shootout with the police, while Roman and the daughters are all serving long sentences in jail. Oh my god, that is fucking horrible. Well, y'all, that is going to go ahead and wrap up this episode of some of the most dangerous serial killing couples. If there's any of those you guys would like to see a deep dive on, please let us know. We absolutely will add it to the list. Most of those cases are new for both of us. Some we have heard before, but of course, we always like to do new ones and learn new things and bring this information to you guys. So absolutely let us know. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off and I'll see you next time. Bye, guys.